to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block brought to you by The Mercado. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland. And uh, every Wednesday at this time, we uh, welcome in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, how's your day going? Cannot complain. It's, it's starting to feel like spring a little bit, and the wind isn't, you know, 30 miles an hour, so it's all good. Yeah, that helps out a little bit. Are you making your way to Lincoln for the Snoop Dogg concert? Did you did you get tickets as soon as they were uh, they hit the shelves? Oh, you know, I'd totally be there if it wasn't for the baseball game tonight. But, oh, you yeah, know, what, what, what can you do? I, I guess I have uh, <laughs> I have other plans. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough. We, I think Snoop Dogg will be able to to forgive you there. Uh, how is uh, what is the the baseball game, the midweek matchup for Husker baseball tonight? Uh, I know they've got another uh, weekend game or weekend set with the, the Big Ten, but uh, another uh, another non conference opponent tonight. Yeah, it's an interesting one. They're playing a single game tonight with North Dakota State, which uh, hasn't played a home game yet this year. I mean, they're I think wow. this is their thirty third in a row away from home to start the year and you know they, they've actually had a pretty good season they just won a series at omaha last weekend i think that can get some people's attention and you know you look at their numbers it's a team that can pitch pretty well uh the offense can score in a lot of different ways whether that's bunting or home runs or maybe some steals so you know and they're they're 21 and 11 against a, a somewhat decent schedule so it's not I don't think a, a walkover situation for Nebraska by any means. Um, their starter is is not great. I think he's got near around nine for the Bison, but uh, you know maybe that's the kind of thing that can get Nebraska's offense back on track a little bit. But you know, again, I, I think it should be a, a somewhat challenging game for the Huskers, even with uh, them throwing their Sunday guy, their normal Sunday guy, Dawson McCarvel, who was uh, sick last weekend. So they actually. Uh, could get a little more length maybe from uh, from a midweek starter. So it, it's an interesting one um, heading into a more meaningful series at Indiana. But, uh, you know, hopefully if you're Nebraska, it's, it's one where you can get your offense on track and build up a little confidence for the Big Ten stretch run. Yeah, and, and I know Nebraska's obviously had a, a sub-500 season. It's been, kind of been struggling. But if you look in the Big Ten, um, they're still kind of in the middle of it, right? Maybe not near the top of the – you know, not as far as going for the championship, which was once the goal. Um, but as far as making it to Omaha, would you say they have pretty good odds at that? Yeah, I do. I mean, they're, I think, sixth in the league right now at four and five. And so, I mean, you're right. Like, what it comes down to at this point is can you make – the big 10 tournament. And then can you make a run? I mean, that's, that's really what their season boils down to. And so they're, uh, they're four and five. You got to be in the top eight out of 13. You got to make the top eight to, to get into the tournament in Omaha. And historically you look back at the last, you know, four or five years since the big 10 has been a 13 team league when it added uh, Maryland and Rutgers to, to make the tournament pretty much, uh, Without exception, you got to be about 500. If you can go 12 and 12, that'll be good enough to get you in. So, really, the question for Nebraska is: Can they go eight and seven over their last 15 games and and make the tournament? I, I think they can. I think you look at their opponents: Michigan State, Minnesota are not good teams. Indiana has been a good team. They lost a lot, similar to Nebraska. Uh, that's a winnable series. And uh, you know, Illinois is, a, is another one who's been pretty good, but. I think it's very realistic to think that they can 
at least win eight games out of 15 down the stretch, maybe a couple more finishing that six, uh, six or seventh range. And then again, you get in there and anything can happen. So uh, again, you look at a game like tonight, it doesn't mean much in terms of kind of how you'll view the rest of the season. Um, that that's going to come down to some of these big 10 games. And again, make the postseason tournament, see what happens. It's happened before. Um, and, and because the big 10 is, struggling relative to what it has been the last handful of years. I think Nebraska's got a pretty good chance to at least play into the conference tournament. Hey, Evan, are you, uh, you got plans to go check out Snoop or, or the, the concert tonight, or are you just going to do baseball and, and sit out in the beautiful weather and enjoy that? <laughs> and also, uh, what type of memories did you have back in 1998, uh, you know, that you remember that was special to you? From ni- what was nineteen ninety eight? Yeah, like no, just just this, was it a, was there anything that special that happened? I got a couple of things that happened to me. I mean, I, I can share, but you know, does it? We, we're we're talking about memories that yeah, we're we just had. going down memory lane. Yeah, we're going down memory lane. Just things that have happened from ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. There anything special? Did you have a baby? Did you have a girlfriend that you <laughs> admired? Did, did you get bad grades back in nineteen ninety eight? What was going on with nineteen ninety eight? I would have been in middle school, so I, I was not looking to start a family at that point. <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, like for me, and I think this is true generally for a lot of sports fans. Like you kind of that's when you really come into your own, and in terms of like the teams and the and the things that you enjoy watching. And so for me. I remember 1998 as uh, the great home run race. That was the, the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire yeah. race. I mean, I, I stayed up and watched a lot of late night WGN Cubs games. <laughs> uh, you know, I was team Sammy Sosa at that time. And uh, I don't know. I, I really, I think that's really, I, I would say that baseball is my favorite sport. And that was a big reason why I was just watching all the excitement there and, uh, I think Fox cut into uh, – they, they, they had a national broadcast of the Cardinals-Cubs game when McGuire broke the record, and uh, I think it was September at that point. And uh, so, you know, I, I, just that whole season was was really fun to follow. Uh, I still am a Cubs fan. I think that's probably the year that that started. They ended up in the wild card game um, and, then, and then getting swept by the Braves after that. But – um, I suppose when I when I think of '98, I think of that that Kerry Wood, um, you know, 20 strikeout game, and there were a couple mm. perfect games in the majors, and so that was the year I probably fell in love with baseball. That's awesome. There's a lot of I I, I, I do the same thing too. Like you kind of try to think of your own life, but really you just kind of think of what was going on in sports at the time and what you kind of <laughs> you're stuck most to. That's that's how I begin my memories when I go back and look. Um, I did want to jump to get to this because it's kind of the news of the last couple hours though is that Casey Rogers has entered the transfer portal. Um, we've kind of been debating here how much of a loss that is. Um, to me, not necessarily just you know Casey Rogers himself, but just because of how thin that defensive line is. I think it's I, I I'm I'm pretty close to just hitting the panic button yeah it's a surprise i was i was uh, surprised to see that he made that move because he was set to get a lot of opportunities and i mean you know one of the main reasons that the spring game was not able to be played in the conventional manner was because the defensive line didn't have enough bodies to split into two teams and then you take away now a guy who uh, other than ty robinson was probably the most assured to start and get a lot of run uh up in the trenches trenches yeah that's that's a surprise and so whether he has another destination in mind or whether he wants to be done or whether it's 
uh, something else, you know, I, I suppose we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it does continue a trend where, uh, I mean, attrition has hit this this group hard. I mean, they lost Ben Stilley to graduation, but uh, there are three other guys who could have been starters on this team that decided to leave. Uh, Damian Daniels is going uh, into the draft, of course. DeAndre Thomas left football. Uh, Jordan Riley transferred to Oregon. And all of this with Tony Tuioti leaving their defensive line coach and now Mike Dawson sliding back. So there's a lot of a lot of action, a lot of uh, activity going on behind the scenes there. And so, I mean, you look at what they have now, Ty Robinson's the only player uh, in that group who has starting experience. They have a lot of young underclassmen who maybe look the part but have no experience or, or Big Ten seasoning to speak of. And so, I mean, you look at their – their pursuit of, of, of O'Shawn Mathis, the TCU transfer, I mean, that was a big deal before. It's an even bigger deal now. Uh, you have to think that they're going to continue to pursue some other options in the transfer portal as well. But, uh, I mean, certainly this group as it stands, you're, you're not feeling great about it by any means going into the season. Um, not a lot of experience, not a lot of, uh, uh, you know, ability to rush the passer that they've demonstrated at least at the college level. So um, a surprising move and, and, you know, probably uh, the position that was least able to afford another loss too. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to, to kind of swallow as a Nebraska fan. But at the same time, uh, as, we, as we look at it, I guess, um, you know, we've kind of had some questions again on the text line about um, – the frustrations, I suppose, with the transfer portal. Wondering, is this a Nebraska problem? Is this a college football problem? Uh, and certainly it's a college football problem. I think West Virginia had like six starters enter the transfer portal off their defense. So a lot of a lot of headaches for, for fans out there, even more so for coaches. Um, do you have a problem with this new look college football? Do you, I, I know a lot of people um, don't like it because it's not what they're used to or accustomed to and, or grew up with. But uh, if you think about it, college football has been ever – evolving and uh it, it continues today um but uh it's it certainly is a headache to transfer portal but i i think at the same time uh outside of the news today where you kind of get down on yourself it, it it's to me it's been quite a ride and kind of keeps college football you know newsworthy <laughs> well there's no doubt about that and you know if this is the new norm and it appears to be i mean this is sort of that third portal season in the off season right like you have the one immediately after the regular season that's going to happen in early December. You'll have the other one in the run-up in January, in the run-up to when the semester starts. And now you have, this is sort of that third wave, which is coming out of spring ball when guys really start to see you know, where they stand. They've gone through spring, and, and, and they feel like they either will have an opportunity at their school or they won't. And so uh, that's, I think, one of the things that makes Casey Rogers' situation so much more interesting is because he would have had a ton of opportunities in terms of on-field stuff. I mean, that's that's generally the, the primary reason why guys move on is to find that opportunity elsewhere. So, um, you know, he's a guy who has been with Nebraska from the beginning, too. I mean, he was part of Scott Frost's first uh, recruiting class in 2018. Um, but, you know, it's just the way that, that college football is going. And like it or not, like it, it puts players on more of a of an even playing field with the coaches. Who, I mean, that was the argument forever, right? Which was, uh, if a coach can leave and take a job somewhere else at the drop of a hat, why does a player need to sit out or be bound by, um, you know, their national letter of intent? And so now they have that ability to to, to move on. They don't need permission. They don't need uh, a release or anything like that. Um, they're they're sort of treated like a a regular student in that regard. And so. Um, 
you know, in our culture of, of promoting individualism and personal freedom, I think college football and college athletics in general have caught up to that. And uh, it's just the reality that we live in for better or for worse. Evan, you made it, you made a point there that, that speaks volumes. I think, I think it's kind of scary when you look at it, right? Because like you said, he, this was the opportunity. He came in with frost. This is the opportunity for him to now, basically have car blanche in the area he's going to be sought after and needed in that specific position and then for him to break on that that that's something i i view internally and have kind of you know some some apprehension and worry about um how do you view that part of it because that is something that you really have to think about could it have changed had they won more games had they won you know, a couple of those games we just talked about on the previous segment, had they beaten Oklahoma, had they beaten maybe two of those games, maybe a, a Michigan or or won the Michigan State game, would that have maybe changed his mind? How do you view that dynamic? And, and, and is there any pause or worry that comes to you with regards to that move that he just made? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's because like I said, it's not a standard motivation that a guy has for entering the portal. Mm-hmm. So I mean, certainly, like losing has has worn down. I think uh, a lot of people. He's he's someone who's been in the program long enough to have absorbed a lot of those losses, um, a lot of bowlless seasons, and so you know, yeah, if they had won a few more games, who knows if that would have made a difference. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what that reason is because he was he set out the spring um, with an injury, but he was a vocal leader throughout. He's somebody who's spoken with. Um, the media quite a bit and, and been somebody who's, you know, been pretty bought in when he has been here. Um, you know, a, a couple other just pure speculation possibilities, you know, maybe it has something to do with, with NIL and, and wanting to get a little more um, money in that way, because again, he could in theory still come back, even though he has entered the portal. We've seen Phil Darius Payne do that. Uh, he, he came back out of the portal to Nebraska once before he moved on Um you know, and I think the other possibility is, even though he's under the portal, maybe he doesn't end up anywhere. I mean, he's 23. He's from the East Coast. Uh, he loves hockey. He loves lacrosse. He grew up in a lacrosse family. So it's clear that he has had other interests outside of football. And maybe, you know, you reach a point where you just kind of say, I've put my body on the line enough and I want to do something else. So, again, I don't know that that's the case, but I think that's another possibility, um, you know, as, as these guys – continue to have an opportunity every year to kind of reassess where they are and what they want to do. Great stuff from Evan Bland of the Omaha World. Harold, Evan, thanks for joining us today, and enjoy some baseball tonight. <laughs> thanks, guys. See ya. Yep, there he goes, Evan Bland of the Omaha World. Harold, uh, sit, uh, to join us every Wednesday, so uh, always enjoy that conversation with him. Uh, it is time for our game show, though. It is time for your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Call right now, 402-464-5685. Strick's already warm up, warming up there for Shootout with Strick. Uh, again, if, if you answer the questions, if you're a smarter than Strick is what it comes out. No, it's really some of us just luck uh, Four either or questions and then the money ball. So a total of six points. You just have to outscore Strick. If you tie, we go to the tiebreaker. So we've got a plan for that as well. Call right now, 402-464-5685 and try your luck and shoot out with Strick.